you are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome to Lockdown Angels, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. My name is Terry Blake Ward, and happy Monday to you. We hope you had a wonderful weekend, whether it was watching the Angels or doing something with the family. Whatever it was, we hope you had a wonderful time. I uh, spent some time with the family, played a little soccer, and I'll tell you what, my body is aching in about every place I can imagine. When it comes to playing baseball 162 days a year, I don't know how these guys do it, because I played a 90-minute soccer game, and I'm going to be paying for it the whole week. Ugh. Enough of me, though. Let's get into today's show. You can download today's podcast or any of the podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network through the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your local Himalaya podcasting app, free and easy to download via the Apple app or Google Play Store. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels. You can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. And, and I understand a lot of you aren't on Twitter, but that is what today's episode is going to be about. We do a question and answer on Sunday nights through my personal Twitter from 9 to midnight Pacific time. We do that through my personal Twitter. I send out a tweet saying, hey, send me your baseball questions. And then the best questions make it here on the show on Monday morning. I'm going to do my best to make sure we have no repeat questions. No one that makes the show multiple times before others do because we want all of you to be a part of the show. So if you're wanting to be a part of the show, you want to listen in, you want to hear your question on the air, send me a tweet at Taylor Blake Ward on Sunday nights from 9 to midnight Pacific time. And maybe hear them here on Monday morning on Locked On Angels. And if your question doesn't make the show today, keep trying. Send me those tweets. Make sure that you become a part of the Lockdown Angels podcast because that's what we want. We want you to interact with us and we want to be able to interact with you to make this show better every day. And we did say every day, midweek coming to you with Angels information you can only find here at Lockdown Angels. So let's get the ball rolling. First question is actually a pair of questions. They're both about Jose Rojas, a prospect in the Angels farm system. The first one from Patrick Fleming. He says, Jose Rojas's bat looks close to ready or at least serviceable. Looks like he's getting multiple positions in Salt Lake. Do you think he's got a chance at being a utility player next year? And the next one is from Andy at JimRat21. Why do you think Jose Rojas isn't getting more attention? Right now, he's one of the better bats. Seems like any of the higher draft picks have a decent game. They get recognition from writers. While Jose Rojas seems to need something spectacular to be mentioned. Well, to answer Patrick's question first, utility role is different. Uh, Maybe he's an infield utility. He actually plays fairly good shortstop where he was in college. Played that a little bit in pro ball. He is a very good third baseman, though. Uh, They moved him around to second base, a little bit of first base. Um, when it comes to utility, I, I would say maybe a utility infielder. If you're talking super utility where he's playing outfield, catcher, or infield, etc., uh, no, I don't think that's the, the likelihood for Jose Rojas. And for Andy, Jose Rojas was a 38th rounder out of Vanguard, so a lot of money is invested in those first, second rounders, even those second day guys, and not a lot of money is invested in the guys that are drafted on that third day. So that's just part of it, and you can only you know look at that so much. Uh, when it comes to the Riders, I've been talking about Jose Rojas since he came over. He had a great start, but he's been a little bit older for every league he's been in. Now he's at a league where he's about league average when it comes to age, and he's performing well. If you remember back to last year, he did really well in AA, but when he went up to AAA, Salt Lake, he just did not hit. Just did not hit at all. When it comes to attention, I think it's more that he doesn't have the upside that the other guys do. This guy has about a 45-grade bat, and if you're looking at that as a total, that's a little bit of a sub-average hitter. That's just from the scouting point of things. He's obviously performed very well in Salt Lake early this year. He performed well 
every league he's been in. But maybe a guy that's just not a, a real – there's not a lot of upside to him. On defense, like we said, a really good third baseman. But if you're limited to third base, you want to see more power. He doesn't have that power. It's it's a little bit sneaky, maybe 50-grade power in-game. But Jose Rojas is a prospect. He's just not one of those top prospects. So when it comes to attention, especially for national riders and Angels beat riders, they have to focus in on what the story is. And Jose Rojas is a fantastic story. Anaheim native, went to Anaheim High School. But he's just not one of those top prospects. Uh, like I said, we've been talking about him for a long time. I think that he has some major league potential, maybe an impact player. But when it comes to the overall picture of Jose Rojas, I think it's a little bit more performance over scouting lines. And we we think back to Brandon Wood, who was a top prospect who hit something like 40 home runs while he's hitting 350 in Salt Lake. The Pacific Coast League is very hitter-friendly. Numbers are a bit inflated. So I understand that everyone wants this new prospect. They want a new face. They want something new. And Jose Rojas is really fun to follow, but maybe just not the guy that you're thinking he's going to become or he is. Um, and that's not to discredit him at all. He's worked hard. He's done. He's put in the hours to become a really good baseball player. But I think when all is said and done, you're looking at maybe a bench guy and, like we said earlier, maybe a, an infield utility guy. Keeping it in salt, like this question came from Ryan at 16Decker. When do you think we'll see Griffin Canning in Anaheim? I answered Ryan on Twitter, and I actually I made this comment. I said, month, not months. Uh, the way Griffin Canning is pitching, we could be seeing him maybe in May, maybe even early June. He's had two outings, five innings each. He's allowed two runs, one of those earned on nine hits and two walks. He's struck out 11, so that's five and six. Um, I think Griffin Canning is fantastic, and we're talking about one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. Maybe not the uh, top 10 of all of baseball, but top 20. A lot of comparisons to Trevor Bauer. Um, This guy is fantastic. I saw him in his professional debut, his swing and miss stuff across the board. He can locate well, and I think the thing with him is trying to figure out when to not overthrow, when to pitch, and when to find a way to get outs through a certain sequence. Control and command was a little bit of a problem for him last year, but you're talking about a guy that made it to AAA in his first professional season. That's fantastic. You can't ask for more from a prospect, and I think Griffin Canning is going to be one of the first guys called up. You have guys like Dylan Peters, who's on the 40-man, so probably a little bit ahead of him, but even with that, I think Griffin Canning is going to be one of the first guys that comes up from Salt Lake. He's going to be a key piece of rotation for the next half decade for the Angels. And I don't think we're going to have to wait a whole lot longer to see Griffin Canning in that rotation. One last question before we head to break. This is from Andrew Rhodes. Jake Lee caught my attention the other night with 10 strikeouts and 5 innings. I saw he throw somewhere near 94 and a picture of him throwing a knuckleball. What else does he throw? The knuckleball part of that question kind of has me confused because I didn't know that there was a knuckleball in his arsenal. I'm not really sure that there is. I know he throws a knuckle curve, which may be what you're referring to, but Jake Lee works in the low 90s, uh, has that curve ball that's about as shows average, has a changeup as well, but he's 23 years old and he's doing what he should be doing in low A. He's striking out guys, recording outs. When you're 23 years old in low A, you, you have to start moving forward. And I think that the Angels organization is being a little bit conservative with him. A ninth rounder out of Oakland last year. Started for them for a long time. Uh, Oakland University, that is. Um, When it comes to Jake Lee, one of these guys, they took a lot of starting pitchers from smaller schools that really show a lot of interest. Cooper Criswell, Nick Frank. And I think Jake Lee is one of those guys that we're going to kind of start paying attention to as he starts getting into Inland Empire. But I think with the stock of pitching the Inland Empire has, he has to really work his way in. But... Like I said, at 23 years old, I know that 
age is a little bit indicative of what statistics can read. The Midwest League is a bit of a pitcher's league. So I think uh, watching Jake Lee, the fact that he's missing bats is great. But something that we need to watch is him progressing forward. We need to head to break. But before we do that, I have one last question. This is from JC. Do you use Blue Chew, the one you're promoting on the show? Well, JC, I don't, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't. Blue Chew is giving our listeners a special offer. Just head over to BlueChew.com, insert promo code MLB, pay the $5 shipping, your first shipment comes free. Blue Chew has the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast, and you can use them day or night. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we really want to thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. We'll be right back with more Locked on Angels. Welcome back to Locked On Angels. My name is Taylor Blake Ward, and I'm really happy to have you here on this Monday. Make sure to download today's podcast or any of our podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya Podcasting app, free and easy to download through your Apple app or Google Play Store. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels. You can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. And if you do that, you can be part of the show like you are today. Today, we're taking your questions from Twitter, our Sunday night question and answer that we do from 9 to midnight Pacific time every Sunday night. And that's how we're going to do the show every Monday. So thank you for reaching out and being a part of the show. It really helps us to understand our listeners. I've gotten to know quite a few of you over the few weeks that we've been on the air, but it's really exciting to have you be a part of the show. So let's get to more of your questions. Now this question is a bit of a double question because it was asked twice. This is from at Taylor Meditz and at Brandon Leibs. If Brian Goodwin stays hot and Cole Calhoun doesn't, can Brian Goodwin earn the starting job when Justin Upton comes back? Well, if you're looking at the current state of the team, yeah, Brian Goodwin has been off to a great start. We've talked about that on the show a few times. He's batting 333 with an 885 OPS, 500 slugging has three doubles, one home run. That all came last weekend against the Texas Rangers. But one thing I did notice is that Brian Goodwin has a 423 BABIP. And if you don't know what BABIP is, it's a little bit of how lucky you are when you're playing the game, when you're hitting, how balls and play are falling. And the league average is kind of around 300 to 350. So if he's already 100 points above league average, you know he's going to come down to earth just a little bit. Uh, when it comes to taking the position from Cole Calhoun, I think Cole's defensive value, along with what he has as a track record on offense, is going to keep him with that starting job. But that doesn't mean that Brad Osmus won't continue to play the hot hand. And right now, Brian Goodwin has a hot hand over Cole Calhoun. And yeah, if Brian Goodwin keeps performing the way he has been and Cole Calhoun just isn't performing, he will be starting over Cole Calhoun. But that's not until Justin Upton comes back that that's still a little ways away out, but I think for the time being, you're going to look at Brian Goodwin splitting time with Cole Calhoun and the other guys in that Angels outfield, and when he when Justin Upton comes back, there's going to be a tough decision if Brian Goodwin is continuing this hot streak and Cole Calhoun just isn't. A lot of prospect questions coming in. This one from at Rev Halo Fan. Any update on Joe Adele? Uh, I personally do not, but I just read from Maria Torres of the Los Angeles Times that he's been taking swings over the last two weeks. He's feeling great. Adele strained his left hamstring, and then later in the same kind of injury-plagued play, he also sprained his right ankle. He was supposed to be out 10 to 12 weeks, the Angels' top prospect. Looks like he, that timetable is still remaining. He hasn't taken uh, any hacks against live pitchers, but he is working. So the progress that he is taking swings this early in his recovery stage is pretty positive. Highly athletic prospect for the Angels that is recognized as you know, one of the top 15 prospects in all of baseball from MLB, Baseball America, Fangraphs as well the outlets that really do well with these top 100 prospects. Talking about injuries, this one coming from at kind of good looking. That's Chris. Chris, I, I wonder if you're good looking or just kind of good looking. 
Either way, the question is, will Shohei Otani play in the Mexico series? Now, that series is coming up at the very beginning of May. The timetable for Otani is still looking at that first week of May, roughly. There's no real indication of the exact date he's coming. Uh, There was a report that May 7th, when they return home, would be a day. But that got a pretty quick trigger, saying that's not accurate from Brad Osmus. Uh, So if that's the case, uh, yeah, there's a chance Shohei could play in the Mexico series, but I don't think there's any promise of it. I think the team would probably lean saying, no, he's not going to play in the Mexico series, but there's no official update whether he will or will not be in that series. Next question comes from the at the real art B art Bugarin, and I apologize if I'm butchering that. Question is, with reports today of Dallas Keuchel considering a one-year contract, have you heard if the Angels are possibly getting involved? Uh, no, I have not heard if the Angels are getting involved, but I don't think they will. The Angels are pretty tied in with the money that they have invested in the team this year. Dallas Keuchel, even on a one-year contract, is probably looking in the high teens, low 20s in the, when it comes to millions. So adding on 17 to $22 million for your contract this year, um, I don't see the Angels doing that. And I think Artie Moreno has been very open with the fans, with the media, about how he feels about the current financial state of the Angels this season. This one coming from at Gonzalez32Sal. Down the road, if the Angels are contending and they need a starter, would it be better for them to get a pitcher and take on the money or rather trade away any of their prospects for the starter? Uh, Like I said, I think Dallas Keuchel is the only starter that would actually make sense when it comes to a contending team. And I just touched on Dallas Keuchel. When it comes to trading prospects, yeah, you're giving up talent to attain talent. But it all depends on when you say the Angels are contending. Is this contending for a playoff spot or is this contending for a World Series? Because when it comes to July, if the Angels are in a, if they look like they're leading the division and they're one of the better teams in baseball, yeah, you want to add that starting pitcher that's going to take you to the World Series and hopefully win you a World Series. If not, then depends on the prospects. And if you're going to trade for a starter, the likely guys that are on the market are going to be guys that are going into free agency, maybe guys that are in their last year of arbitration. So they're going to be a lot cheaper than Dallas Keuchel when all is said and done. And yeah, you're going to give up talent, but you're also gaining talent. The whole goal of trades is to improve your team, whether that's for the season at hand or for the future, and the Angels are really excited about their future, so I don't really see them giving up guys like Joe Adele, Griffin Canning, but maybe if you part with guys for a lower-tier arm, you're giving up guys that are lower-tier prospects, similar to the Ian Kinsler Ty Buttry trade last year, then yeah, maybe it makes some sense to trade these prospects, but I just don't see them really making sense of signing a guy like Dallas Keuchel or Craig Kimball right now. Let's finish this up with a question from at NMBaseball52, and he asks a lot of questions every Sunday night, so thank you if you're tuning in. But I will say this, if you're tuning in, you already know the answer to this. Have you noticed the Angels seemingly playing a less aggressive game, not a lot of stolen base attempts, first to third, second to home? Is this something the front office or Brad Osmus has implemented or just noticeable now that Mike Socha's gone? I literally said these words exactly last week in one of our podcasts. So, hey, you got to listen to the podcast, man, and then you'll find out what, uh, my, what my opinion is. Um, no, I, in all seriousness, I don't know. Uh, but I have noticed this definitely. And like I said, maybe it is that Mike Socha has gone. Maybe it's Brad Ausmus, maybe it's front office. Maybe it's that Mike Gallego is a new third base coach. Um, I don't know, but I definitely have noticed the angels are going base to base. They're not as aggressive. And it's something that I'm going to monitor over the season, something you should monitor over the season as well. So thank you for that question, but definitely tune into the podcast before you ask these questions, man. Come on. That's all we have for today's show. Thank you to everyone who reached out, became a part of the show through our Sunday night Twitter question and answer. If you want to be a part of that, follow us at Lockdown Angels. You can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. We do this every Sunday night, and we'll have your question and answer here on Monday morning for you. 
on the Lockdown Angels podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to download today's show or any of our shows through the Lockdown Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya podcasting app, free and easy to download through your Apple app or Google Play Store. You can also find us through your smart device. Just say, hey, Alexa, play Lockdown Podcast, and then say, play Lockdown Angels, and I'll be right here with you. Have a wonderful Monday, everyone. The Angels head to Texas to play the Rangers for a three-game set. And happy Jackie Robinson Day, one of the most special players in all of baseball history, one of the most important players in baseball history. And we thank him for everything that he gave the game of baseball. No man has changed the sport quite the way he did. And it's wonderful that we celebrate his life on April 15th. What a wonderful man he was. So thank you for listening. And I'm going to end it with a Jackie Robinson quote. A life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. So hopefully today you can go out and impact another life. Have a wonderful Monday, everyone.